Hey there, lovebirds. This is Atan, Courtney, Lindsay, and Sam. And we are your I, I Do, Do crew. crew. We are four wedding professionals, each one with a different expertise. Together, we have over 40 years of combined experience in the wedding industry. We're here to give you some of the best tips, tricks, wedding day hacks, and share our great success stories and worst horror stories. We'll also be interviewing some of the best wedding vendors that we've had the pleasure of partnering with. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your I Do Crew. Hey there, lovebirds. Welcome to episode five of Your I Do Crew. We really hope you enjoyed last week's episode of our Halloween-themed horror stories. And if you did, you're in luck, because we'll be publishing more horror stories as many episodes every week. We'll be featuring our own stories of weddings gone horribly awry, but we'd also love to highlight some of yours. So as a reminder, if you have a shocking, horrifying, or nauseating wedding tale to tell, please send them to us by emailing stories at youridocrew.com. And don't worry, we'll change the names to protect your privacy, so feel free to send in your worst, most emotionally scarring moments. Your secret's safe with us. Before we get started with today's podcast, we wanted to let you know that the focus of this episode is going to be more specifically for entrepreneurs and business owners, especially those in the wedding industry. This isn't to say that you're not going to get anything out of it if you're not one of those folks, but there's a lot of marketing talk and talk about building a brand. So we wanted to give you a heads up, so if that's not your cup of tea, you can wait for our next episode. We had a great interview with marketing strategist Nick Borelli. Now, because we're in Toledo and Nick is in Cleveland, we were recording with him over Skype. And just to give you a heads up, there were a couple of audio glitches right in the very beginning of our conversation. So the recording starts kind of abruptly, right after we all introduced ourselves and thanked him for recording with us. So to tell you a little bit about our guest, as I said before, Nick Borelli is a marketing strategist with over 20 years of experience in the live events industry. Nick travels across the globe speaking to event professionals about how to develop creative marketing initiatives for events and event services alike. Today, Nick will be talking about start, stop, stay, three things wedding pros need to consider with their marketing. And with that, let's get this show on the road. Thanks for having me. Hey, it is an absolute pleasure, man. I'm, I'm really curious to hear uh, what you have to say about this. I know that uh, working with the ladies here has really forced me to up my social media game. Uh, I was very <laughs> far behind the curve. So I'm looking to just absorb information you from you, my friend. Yeah, no worries. I, I will say that uh, for the most part, uh, I no longer have to go around the world talking about how to set up profiles and what a hashtag is. Uh, that that said, <laughs> I, I did do that in Houston once where a woman would, like pulled me aside after a lecture and was like, all right, I, I didn't want to ask, but what, how, do, how do the hashtags work? And I was like, oh, let's do it. And then we, we I grabbed her phone and we, I showed her, like, literally set up a Twitter account for her. But for the most part now, I think people get it as far as end users. It's been, uh, you know, it's been over a decade now of this being part of everyone's lives. Uh, the best part of it as far as a marketing channel as someone who has been in marketing prior to social media's existence is there's really zero pay to play uh, at the onset. So anyone specifically in the wedding industry who don't jump into this industry necessarily with a robust budget, you know, it's not like some higher barrier to entry uh, occupations that require you to have a ton of upfront money. You, know, you can really ease into this as a career and you can keep your uh, overhead pretty low in order to be profitable without having to be, you know, everywhere and, and really make your life as miserable as it could be. <laughs> um, 
that said, event professionals generally have a way to find a way to do that anyway. By <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I, I, yeah. you know, when you're talking about the starting budget, I think we all felt that very directed at ourselves. And Courtney and I were both just pointing our thumbs out at ourselves and going, "Yep, yep, that's us." Yeah. Look, I I love a low overhead business because it allows you to be in 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 the position to exchange intellect as opposed to. Uh, labor or products or things. And with the evolution of where really a lot of industries are going, the only the only industries that are really safe are the industries that are uh, dealing with intellectual and concepts that can't be automated, that can't be uh, turned into an app. And creativity and logistical and experience are all things mm-hmm. that really, you know, it's really difficult for me to imagine a robot doing in the future, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. The, the only thing is, is that everybody else is wise to that too. So how do you gain the attention that you need? You know, how do you have people want to come to you versus what is really could be anyone as far as the barrier to entry? Um yeah, that's so, the, I mean, that's the ultimate question is what what do you do to differentiate, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's winning attention and earning it uh, mm-hmm. and then transitioning from attention, which is just basically, you know, yelling often and being heard and be like, I get it. I get it. I know what you do mm-hmm. to trust. And from trust, you can go in a lot of different directions. You can gain someone's trust who it has been married for 30 years uh, and doesn't have any kids. And then you're like, well, okay, I have their trust as a person, but so what? They can't buy what I sell. Well, trust can be turned into recommendations. Trust can be turned into lots of other things. But all roads for conversion, all roads to sales, they all have to start with awareness and then trust. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today, and I'm using. There's so much you could talk about on social media. I've literally did mm-hmm. a six. I did a six-hour presentation on social oh media. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was an organization called Today's Bride, and I worked with a lot of their uh, exhibitors. And I'm actually doing an eight-hour seminar, which is the longest I've done uh, in Los Cabos uh, for an, an organization called Love Mexico, which works with the Canadian tourism. Or Canadian, jeez, Mexico. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like wrong border. I, I'm usually in Canada. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's a broad ranging organization. Yeah. yeah. They, they love Mexico. They're based in the Yucatan. Uh, no, but uh, they're. Uh, anyways, it, it's really cool. It's it's destination uh, romance professionals, which is what they call them uh, in that area. It's a regional quirk uh, romance professionals, and uh, I'm I doing like eight- that. Yeah, I like cool? that, but I also feels like it leaves a little wiggle room for maybe some other occupations. <laughs> I mean, you, you know. had to go there, Aton. You had to. I go did. There. I know. I'm sorry. Probably <laughs> on that. we we don't need the walls that we have, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so I'm doing an eight-hour thing, and it's all on so- social media where I, I talk about you know Instagram for an hour and Pinterest for an hour, and you know you talk about a little bit of time. How do you talk about you know something as broad as social media? Uh, I wanted to use a, uh, a convention that I use in note taking when I listen to people talk, which when I when I hear things, I write down if it's something that I should start, it's something I should stop doing, or something I should continue to do, and I find that. 
Um, it's something that sometimes I hear people and it just reaffirms the things that I'm already doing, which is great. You know, like I, I make guesses. I assume that maybe this is correct. It works for me. And then when I hear somebody say something or I read a book, I go, oh, I'm actually doing this for a real reason. It's, it's actually been worked out. There's data. And then I say that I'll stay doing that. Or if I have been doing something and I've I find out through education that I'm actually doing something wrong. I stop mm. doing it and then start. It's like, oh, I've never even heard of that. I'll start doing that. So yeah. that's the convention I wanted to use for this just to simplify this. Uh, I'll pick three topics that actually bleed over into all digital marketing, specifically social media. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll start with the first one, which is what to start doing. Mm -hmm. And that is to provide value with every single post that you create. And that's really the difference between people who have a strategy in social media and just the end users who just post every day saying, I had a sandwich. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm at the park. You know, I, I am doing this thing as if they were narrating their lives and it meant something to someone. And, you know, so a typical end user, that's generally what you see in social media. It's just a, a uh, almost like the existential question. Am I, am I even here? You know, so they just, whatever is happening, they just report on it. And right. Like my kid made a poop today. Look at this lovely poop. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, Sorry. Yeah. That, that came up today already. Oh, I'm sure I, I've <laughs> potty training, you know, every, mm -hmm. you know, for years and years on social media, I was like, I, I get it. Like we all do it. And then I had a kid and I was like, must resist urge to post about huge thing in my life. You know, the text exchange I have with my wife that, that during potty training were really, you know, not exciting, but exciting to us. Mm -hmm. But most of your stuff isn't exciting. In fact, we're all publishers now mm -hmm. and most of us are fairly boring. You know, we... <laughs> do the same things we watch tv we you know eat the same foods and it's not that exciting it wouldn't be like oprah has her own magazine that makes sense i'm sure every day for her is is insane it is amazing right but for the rest of us it's fairly mundane and when it comes to brands and especially brands that are doing a lot of the same stuff how do you separate yourself how do you actually gain the attention and then trust well the answer is Making sure that every single post that you have is valuable to someone. And the real shift I had when I thought about this was instead of creating a post that makes someone that tells someone to buy from you, you consider your post just as much your product as what you sell. Okay. So there's no difference in value between what you actually sell and your posts. And the easiest way to think about that is you really need to define what your mission is. Why do you exist? You, know, you don't exist to make money or to, to earn you know, X amount of money. That's a, that's a byproduct. What, what are you put on this earth to do? And your job should then reflect that and service that mission. Also, when you put out things into the world, it should also service that mission. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes so, total, yeah, it makes total sense. Well, I think uh, what a lot of people suffer from is not having that mission statement, that vision statement, uh, you know, because it sounds like such a corporate buzzword. And so when you get the solopreneurs, the mompreneurs, the 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 single uh, sole proprietors, we say, well, you know, I'm just going to operate. I'm bootstrapping. I'm going to work by the seat of my pants. So I'm not going to worry about doing that. I'm just going to do my thing and You've about seen other plan. people do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've seen other exactly. people do it. You kind of get it. You know, like you can mm -hmm. just kind of do what they're doing, but you're you're a little bit better because you care more or whatever it is. Exactly. And, and 
and I will be honest with you, like uh, two things. Number one, I won't work with a, a business that doesn't have a mission. Uh, mm-hmm. I asked that flat out. I actually have two clients waiting to give me money, and I said that I need to know their mission <laughs> first, which is not a solopreneur thing to do, right? You're like, they're, right. they're like, I, I want to work with you. And I'm like, great. I need to know what your mission is. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, I have to really, I'm like, it doesn't have to be perfectly worded. It doesn't have to be this concise piece. I just want to know why you, why, why do you, why should I give you money? And if I can't, if you don't know that and you don't know your North star to be able to determine which way you should go left or right based on that North star, I can't help you express that to other people. I just can't, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I would do it as a hack job and say, well, you're just any event designer. You're just any, uh, uh, florist DJ. You're just another one here, here buy this one because they offer it right. and it's not enough. So when you have your mission, then you go out into the world and you're excited and you have something you're trying to do and add and make things better. And if it's servicing uh, couples in order for them to fully express their love or uh, to be able to have families come together in a way that is uh, a complete and holistic, that's something that really can express yourself in every post. It's not just buy my services. This could happen if you don't buy my services, that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. more of here's something that's happening in, in, in events. Here's something that's happening in design. And this could help inform you. I want to make your event better, even if you don't buy it from me. And that's really the difference between someone that you trust and say, boy, these people really get it. They're, they're thinking about this when they go to bed. They're thinking about it when they wake up versus, yeah, look, if the price is right, they're one of the people that offer that service. Right. They're not just in it for themselves. They're actually looking to, to create a benefit for others regardless of the end result for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like I, it. I, I want to work with someone who is excited and takes in uh, a, a problem or a challenge and takes adds themselves to it and becomes part of my team uh, because they really care versus someone who uh, will offer that service because it's a vertical of theirs. And if that's the case, there's a real limit on how much money I'll spend with somebody. It, it really comes down to price a lot more so mm-hmm. versus falling in love with someone as a, as a provider of a service where you're like, man, if they could work on my event, it would be, you know, we would just click. We, he, that person gets me. Yeah. Um, that's the difference. So the first thing you need to start doing is before you hit send, before you hit, you know, post, you need to look at that post and say, does this make someone's life better? You know, mm-hmm. if you were at a conference, you could say, I'm at, you know, so-and-so, uh, you know, I'm at Engage, you know, 17, right? That's what people do when they mm-hmm. go there. They brag about that. Well, you could do that. Or you could say, I'm at Engage because I am absorbing some of the, the most talented uh, uh, wedding planners uh, and wedding service providers in the world in order to make my clients better or events that much more rich and, um, and fruitful. That's, it's just a slight tweak, but mm-hmm. once you have your mission, it all becomes clear as far as what you should do. And, and there's so much numbers on how often I should post and I should post seven times a week and, and 12 times here and four there. And, and there's data to back that up. And, and it's actually, it really is different from person to person. But the real answer is you need to look at if the post has value, people mm-hmm. remember the quality of what you put out much more than they remember the quantity. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, I had a, a question for you, Nick. So when you are working with somebody and if they don't already have a mission statement, do you help them craft it or do you point so, them in a direction? Yeah, I don't just like abandon them. I really had in an existential crisis that they don't know if they want to be this or that, you know, and in, uh, I am a, a firm believer of staying in your lane. And I'm a firm believer of, of having a vision. And they're like, well, I really could be this or I really could be that. And I don't see a bridge between those two things. Like, you know, you can't be a chauffeur baker, right? I mean, you, <laughs> it's cool to have a side hustle, but, you mm -hmm. know, as a brand, like I don't see the I don't see the, you know, the bridge between them. Well, I, I don't know, man. Food truck. You yeah, know? Exactly. Oh, there's a... <laughs> I mean, custom made cakes to, to order, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually honestly my answer as far as like how you get market share how you how you make a brand is you're never going to be the best at anything i hate to say that but you could mm. be the best at combining two things that are rarely combined or never been combined right and it doesn't have to be two disciplines it doesn't have to be the baker or chauffeur but it could be the mobile dining uh experience or the the mobile confectionery business like that's more interesting but if there's no bridge between and, and you're having an existential crisis, you've got internal problems to work on before you, you know, really try to express that to other people. Yeah, it's absolutely. The, the businesses that I, I've not been able to help have been the ones that didn't know who they were. And mm -hmm. I, I just really I've just said, you know what, I can't I can't put my time into businesses that don't at least have. A, and it could really it doesn't have to be all that grand. I know it seems like a really barrier to entry. I'm a solopreneur. I have a mission statement. I didn't for the first year of my business because I wanted to know what I loved and what I loved doing more than other things so I could cut out the things I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And then it became clear. So I'm not saying out of the gate do that, but I'm, I'm also saying not necessarily to engage with uh, someone to you know an agency or someone as a consultant in the first year either. You need to figure your stuff out. Yeah, do a little soul searching, do a little personal journey type stuff. Why do you, why are you why are you here? You know, mm -hmm. what I do is really the simple answer, and then it, it, even deeper than that is why would you why can you only do this thing? You know, and if you think that you, ah. could, you can do three or four other things, I would say dig deeper. You know, you really need to know why aren't you a plumber? Well, straight up, why why aren't you plumbing? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah. I have no idea. Like that, it's like every bit of any kind of like labor to me is like impossible. I can't figure it out. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it makes me like cringe when I think about putting together like a Billy bookshelf. Like it's, <laughs> like, I don't know how to use an Allen wrench, right? And it's totally okay. I just I can't do that. And there's a book I read called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a You know. I, I, I love was, Mark Manson. Oh my Mark god. <laughs> <laughs> out of the woodwork here she is yeah. genius right yes. that book is it should be required reading for a lot of solopreneurs and it should be required reading for people whose brand is themselves because you're not going to be amazing at everything and working on the things that you are not amazing at often is folly be the best version of the things you're the best at own the things that you're not great at and surround yourself with others and collaborate with others who are great at those things. And you will be, you, you will have the opportunity to be excellent at something. 
Awesome. Nick, I feel like you were reading my mind. We are the same person. I feel like a bobblehead. I'm just sitting here at a time like, oh my gosh, yes, that's what I do. Oh, yes, I think the same thing. This guy's great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's funny. So it, I do that in, in, in like any way that I express myself. I split people and that's okay. Like I, I know that there are certain people who are jacks of all trades and like to be good at everything and, and what have you and hear what I have to say and say, that's that's totally wrong. That's, that's not. And I'm like, that's cool. We would have eventually not got along anyway right so let's just get that out right in the front and be real so and i'll get to that in a second actually i might i might skip stop and go right to stay because this actually transitions really well so okay well um, before you actually oh. take that on i know that uh lindsay had a question that she wanted to ask you what's up yeah so i know when you were talking about um content you were saying that you know you should be thinking if it makes someone's life better do you find that they're is like a good ratio of like your actual content that you're posting versus, you know, something that we might find that we want to share, like an article or something. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I think that that's it. the sharing of articles in, in marketing parlance is usually called content curation. So hmm. this is content that is out there uh, that is great and you, you appreciate, you want to share because it enriches other people's lives. Like it still, it still meets those qualifications. Um, and I do quite a bit of that, frankly, because I'm a reader, you know, and if I like mm -hmm. something, I, I don't want to like, I, like, for instance, that book, I, I didn't want to keep that in. Like, I love it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I would want it to impact more people's lives. Um, so that said, if you are constantly curating content, uh, you can still gain uh, trust through vetting it and through contextualizing it, right? So I could post a, a link of read this article and it's kind of, okay, thank you. Or I could say, read this article because this really validates my thought on that. Okay, well, now I am understanding that you read this, you contextualized it, this is part of what you do as an expert, and it aligns really well, right? So mm -hmm. that's the next step. And then the third step is, obviously, this is the part where there's a little bit of barrier as far as time, and that's creating your own content. Mm -hmm. Now, creating mm -hmm. your own content is as deep as a blog post, or I've gone further and done, like, ebooks and lots of white papers and webinars and fun stuff like that. But let's just stop at the blog post part because that's a, a significant barrier to a lot of people. Um, with that long-form content, yes, um, that is the, the highest likelihood for impact on people's lives and also the, the quickest way to get validation as far as people seeing you as credible. On the other, on the other hand, having a short-form idea that services everyone is also a valid point. So if you're like expressing yourself on Twitter, for instance, I have stray thoughts on all the time and it's just my opinions on things. <laughs> And I just, I schedule it, I go, it goes right into buffer. You know, it's just one of those things. And then mm -hmm. I adjust my week and I kind of uh, uh, do a ratio of, it's, I'm actually probably at a, it, it veers sometimes to, to every other, but it, it is at no more than three to one as far as my own uh, ratio of uh, content curation to content creation with okay. as low barrier as simply just, um, uh, this is an idea I had. Now on Instagram, different story. I, I mostly create all the content. Uh, I do very little curation, you know, reposting. It really depends on what you do. 
you know, if you're a hotel property, uh, more curation from people who actually experience your property is very valid. You know, that's a that's a really great mm. way to express what you do. If you're a planner, um, you know, I think more often than not, people are going to want to see the content that you create uh, or, or uh, versus people you collaborate with. So it really just depends on uh, what you do a little bit, but uh, you should you should balance it. So, Nick, when you said three to one, and I apologize, and, and this is why I'm terrible at social media, do you mean three of your own to one of someone else's or vice versa? Uh, your own is always better, but okay. it's just a balance of time, right? I think you sure. can very easily get away with three of other people's and one of your own, mm-hmm. um, as long as you at least contextualize the cura- your curated points to say mm-hmm. why it is value and 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 put it in the lane of what your mission is and adding value, if that makes so, sense. Yeah, so not just a retweet, but quoting the tweet and then framing the tweet or or sharing a post and saying, hey, you know, saw this great thing on, you know, the Not Wedding Wire or what have you, yeah. 17 Hats, um, other service, and yeah. hey, this is really fantastic. I use this philosophy every day. I use yeah. this tool every day. Yeah. This could really help somebody take their game to the next level. Yeah, or, or even I mean, don't it doesn't necessarily always have to come from a place of uh, uh, the affirmative. You could say, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with this, or which is the, the more engaging style of, um, I just read this and I'm really curious. Do you think this or that? You know, there, there's oftentimes the ability to actually engage in conversation with a topic in in front of you, and the topic being the curated content. Um, okay, so then that's also a great tool to to uh, ramp up engagement. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And in, cool. anytime that there's social media engagement, there's a deeper level between uh, the consumer of the content and the, the creator of the content or the curator of the content. And the deeper the level, the higher likelihood of moving along the path from awareness towards uh, some sort of faith in you. Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, thank you for indulging those questions. I know you yeah, said no, you wanted to kind of get to your, your, your three points. So, well, I, I um, wanted to yeah, just really quickly get into the, uh, the stay one just because it was kind of what we were already talking about, which is mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that I will always, always, always underline, circle, and point to is being real uh, and, and staying who you are. I think that a lot of times, the solopreneurs, uh, specifically, if that's you know a big target of, of who's can you know listening to this, uh, and often is a big a big portion of the uh, wedding industry, um, it's really challenging potentially to be yourself all the time. As funny as that sounds, mm-hmm. um, because you feel as though uh, I don't know that that there's a deficit in in your character or or who you are that that others would not really recognize or, or see as a professional. Like, you know, you've been in the game for four years and there's people that have been in for 40 years. Why, why do you, you know, you, you feel imposter syndrome or whatever it is. And you look at others that you really respect and you say, boy, you know, I would give my money to that person because of this, this and that. And you start skewing and you start going away from really who you are and and it's very difficult to keep that charade up for long. It really is. And and if you can't be perfect at that, um, there will be inconsistencies in, in how you portray yourself. And here's mm-hmm. the here's the real one: when they meet you, if you don't have an e-commerce product, if people actually have to meet you 
and mm-hmm. you have you portray yourself in one way online and then you are a different way in person um it's bait and switch you know yeah. they don't you you have to close as you generally and it doesn't really work when they see this person who is I don't know, let's say like their tone is is hyper professional to the degree of you know everything is like uh, uh AMA uh run on their content and they don't uh there there's no humility and everything is pompous and, and mm-hmm. you know authoritative. Uh and then they meet you and you're and you're not that way. You know, it's yeah it, it, it's the type of person who would have come in the door expected that. In fact, there's probably a business for those types of people, but you're not it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But there's likely people who do connect with that. That's why even when I was in an office recently of, of a, uh, an entertainment company, you know, I said, I was looking at his office design and we were talking about ways to optimize the sales process. And I said, there should be more personalization of things in here that you can tell stories about, about you. And there should be some sort of connection to what you do for a living and your mission and, and what have you. But people should get a sense of who you are mm-hmm. in this office as opposed to just – it was literally just like pictures of brides and, you know, like they know who they are. You know, like <laughs> they know what a dress looks like. You know, yeah. like you, you, sell, you sell entertainment. You know, like at, mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, it's not so much about them buying a picture. Like a picture of a dance floor, when I look at like Wedding Wire, I'm like – we actually w- did this exercise. We went through – all these entertainment providers and it was like pictures of dance floors pictures of brides picture dance floor. i'm like it's not what you sell mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very poor uh piece of collateral it should in fact be you know pictures of you and people reacting to you and faces and and, and emotion uh or, or things that get, lend themselves to telling stories mm-hmm. uh so they can really peel away the layers and they can go, is this the type of person I would want to work with or not? And that's what people deal with. That's people buy from people. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, the, the fake it till you make it, I, I get it. But I think you should right out of the gate just decide that, that half the people in the world don't like you. And that's <laughs> it's totally fine. And that's, that's okay. Not, that's a lot. That means there's a lot of people that do. It's probably mm-hmm. not. I mean, I'm being generous. Maybe, maybe more than that. The more you elevate and put yourself out there, the more people will not like you. It's just a yeah. fact. And that's okay. You just don't need – look at your life and how many people actually impact your life and, and make your life you know, better. It's not a huge number. You mm-hmm. don't – and those who do, like they like your quirks. They accept them and they, they embrace them. Do the same thing with everything you put out. Be you. And, and really ask yourself or ask clients who you have, why do they like you? You know, what, what resonated with them? And, and keep that list down there. So when you put things out there, you embrace that. And you, and you are more of the thing that people like versus trying to be more of the thing that, you know, people uh, really have no interest in in the first place with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and unfortunately, that fake it till you make it uh, mentality is so prevalent uh, you know, it's it's everywhere. That advice is uh, it's really disappointing. But yeah, you really undervalue the authenticity and being genuine. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, look, you could. There's no like crime in saying that you've been in business for you know one year, or two years, or three years, or or whatever. Three months. Three months. <laughs> yeah, like what? Well, that that doesn't matter because that's not who you are. Who you are is your passion. And mm-hmm. I know people, I mean, I, I know 
dozens of people who have been in the in, in the live events industry for decades that have on the on the gas meter you know they're they're riding on e when it comes to passion you know yeah. they have they have just they just don't have it anymore they've they become hacks they flatline they do the same stuff and i don't know like i know they have a ton of experience but i want i want someone fighting for me you know, mm-hmm. I want somebody that, that it cares and is sweating because this is meaningful to their career. And so it doesn't – and that's how I buy, right? Like it, you, could, mm-hmm. you could absolutely excite me. And I'll tell you when your consumer is not educated, which mm-hmm. will always be the case in the wedding industry, 100%. You'll never have an educated oh, consumer yeah. ever. You, you have decided to be in the education business. Mm-hmm. And that's a component of everything that you do is educating because as soon as they understand what's going on, they're out. And then they're married, right? Yeah. Versus like yeah. a corporate wedding or, or a corporate event world where someone's been buying the services that people offer for decades and, you know, they know the, the, the terminology as well as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, trickier, right, in some ways, but in other ways, you, you know, you're just filling out orders. So right. if you're passionate about education um, and you know that the person isn't educated and, and you haven't been in the industry for a long time, you already have that in common. And the other thing you have in common, hopefully, is is that you're extremely excited about doing this. Yeah. You're not excited the early part of your, you know, uh, career. Then I mean, it's <laughs> it's not getting easier. So, um, yeah, just be who you are, and and always be who you are. That's awesome. That's great advice, not only for business but for life. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have a I have a quick question with that too because oh. I've noticed lately people are either really overwhelming their business page with personal posts or they have like two separate ones. What do you think about like a personal, like if it's a Sunday and you're, you know, at a pumpkin patch with your kids and you post something about that, is that too much on a business page or what do you think? I think uh, again, the guiding, the, the mission being the guiding star as far as everything, like why, what are you on this earth to do? What are you, what are you helping others do? That's helpful. Uh, you know, does it provide value to people? Uh, is there a lesson potentially in the experience that you're having versus I'm at the pumpkin patch? I'm at the pumpkin patch because family is everything to me, and that's why I love working with families. Did you check, check mark? That's right? a good, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh, my God. Can I just have you narrate my life, please? <laughs> <laughs> or at least my am... Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's just uh, it's it's the little spin of – What's in this for everyone else? Because I assume that people are not paying attention to me and that I'm not interesting and I have to win them every time. Yeah. And that's just my assumption. I do that in exhibition design. I do that in social media posts. It, it has to be you, you, like if I'm at a wedding at a bridal show, like I assume you don't care about me and I, don't, mm-hmm. I assume you don't want to buy from me and that you're scared and whatever. And then I just start from how can I make your human life better? Right. Yeah. Um, so the balance, like I'll give you an example of some, like two people that I can think of on Instagram specifically. Um, one is uh, Cece Johnson. I don't know if you know her. Uh, she's she does a really really amazing uh, wedding uh, and really any kind of uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, like uh, invitations or any kind of collateral, but mostly in the wedding high 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 end wedding game. She's got her own magazine about her. Um, 
her pictures of her family are are prevalent in her social media, of which she has tens of thousands of followers, and people love it because she tells stories, and they're stories that really show that inform the art that she creates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all one it's all one narrative. Uh, two other people I'm friends with uh, a gentleman uh, named Evan Carbody and his brother Jordan Carbody, uh, who are second generation event professionals that design some of the most fabulously gorgeous uh, uh, social and to some extent corporate uh, events at like people's mansions and stuff. I mean, they're just gorgeous. But their photos of them doing like Russian jujitsu uh, or them like at uh, or them taking a picture of like a crack of sunlight against this wall, they frame it to why it is something that informs their design aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And it really is about their clients because it's all one life for them. You know, it's they express their life through their clients' work. They express their life through their uh, uh, meditation. They express their life through seeing the world. It's all one thing. Mm-hmm. So the, the the walls between them start coming down when you really are focused. It's it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's it's a, it's a different way, but it's it's very. It has to be holistic, and it has to be you know everything of who you are. I love that. Yeah, like literally wrote down sense. all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, you know, the people that attract me, especially when it comes to like uh, design in the in the world of events, like uh, David Beam's a good example too. Like I, I am, in, I'm very interested in their life as well because if I hire them, it would be because I want their brain uh, rented for a bit because Absolutely. I've fallen in love with how they think. And, and less so on the actual output. The output is someone else's problem that they, you know, worked out. I want to see, because I'm, I've fallen more in love with the way that they interpret problems and, and challenges. Uh, and and I, I'm much more interested in those types of people that, that show, show how the sausage is made in their, you know, crazy brains. Um, that's the stuff where I want, I want those people. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's so interesting. I, I really like that. With this, I mean, pertains to a conversation that we literally had the other day between the four of us. Uh, I was considering just canceling my personal account and just using my business account because I post on each of them maybe once per month, alternating. And I thought, oh, good lord, I can't keep up two. So, two. so I, I know. <laughs> I so, mean, okay, I, so, I have like ten Instagram accounts. Just, oh my gosh! Just man. for the heck of it. Holy cow! Yeah. All right. That's intense. Wow. That's intense. <laughs> how how old do you say your your child is? Yeah, uh, he's four in January. It's okay. It's because I'm a quality versus quantity guy too. But mm-hmm. like I have one called Cleegram um, that has I don't know. It's got I know it has over fifteen or sixteen thousand followers. But I, I probably have five accounts that have maybe over ten or twelve thousand. And it's it's actually really simple if you deliver on uh, a promise time and time again. That's um, mm. twenty one thousand followers, one hundred seventy eight posts. The ratio is pretty good there. Yeah. Um, I don't follow a lot of people. I follow like a hundred some people. But uh, in that one, I decided to split because I like taking pictures of the city I live in, mm-hmm. but it doesn't provide enough value to the audience that I you know generally am in front of for my business. Right. Same sure. thing with my comic book collection. I I do all of this stuff to facilitate that. You know, hopefully my kid goes to college someday too. But yeah, <laughs> I I have forty thousand comic books. So wow, uh, yeah, I have four rooms. Uh, that it's is so it's cool. yeah. But I will tell you that 
if I were to blend that content into the content that I do for my uh, live event and uh, live event industry marketing, it's like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, it doesn't compute. So mm-hmm. I split the channel, right? So for me, okay. if, if it makes sense, if I have enough to say at, at a specific volume and quality and I can find no overlap between audiences, I split. Mm-hmm. And I've okay. done that with even like rental companies that are in multiple cities. You know, like if you have enough to say about that specific city, uh, that is city-specific content that you think is of value that services that community specifically, split. But if you don't, it's a lot of work to do lots of accounts. So maybe don't. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I was, I was asking about the age of your your, uh, your son because I have a one-year-old, and that's par- partially what's keeping me from doing more on Instagram is chasing him everywhere and trying to keep well, him from running into walls. I say all this stuff now, and, and again, I, I had a podcast on comic books for, for over two years, and I dropped mm-hmm. that uh, when I had my son because yeah. some, something's got to give that doesn't have revenue you know, behind it. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know when this uh, a podcast will air, but at some point I'll be making a personal announcement pretty soon that will have me losing more time uh, uh, of of superfluous things. So it's just uh, you know you can only put so much water in the glass until it uh, spills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, very true. Point. Very true. Uh, anyways, I guess the last thing I really wanted to talk about um, is my stop. Um, and this actually, I, we actually kind of covered it a little bit, which is um, uh, stop trying to be everywhere. You know, to you, maybe to your point, to what you were talking about, having two different accounts, a personal and a business one. You know, I, I, I see this a lot. I see like wedding professionals who are really struggling. I, I, I almost want to give them credit for like tweeting a couple times every day with zero engagement. I'm like, wow, you have your discipline. <laughs> You're disciplined in the face of facts, you know, like you still, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Protestant ethic is running through you. You know, you're mm-hmm. like, if I just keep chipping away and whistling while I work, you know, it's it's admirable in some instances because I find that for the most part, a lot of things that separate one business from another succeeding is work. You know, mm-hmm. strategy gets you pretty far. Uh, certainly, you know, that's my business. But uh, work, it, it separates the 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 girls from the women it, it's mm-hmm. it's the real it's the real line in the sand uh that said um you got to fish where the fish are and the uh, that's one thing right so if i were to say you don't love pinterest but you know and, and i know there's like that there's probably no dirtier word in the wedding industry than pinterest i could just say pinterest <laughs> any- amen i could oh. just say run away you know i could just say like, pinterest and then just run away and just watch two people fight uh <laughs> You know, and I know people that love it on the wedding industry. You know, I know people that hate the people that love it. You know, so uh, it, it's like it's a divisive word. But the bottom line is, in my opinion, as a, as a marketer, to ignore it is probably not smart, right? To just not have any kind of strategy and say, you know, look, whatever. Even if you don't like it, uh, if you don't, if you're not prepared to, to deal with it in some fashion. So the fish where the fish are, the fish are there. Certainly, the other aspect of uh, of where to be is what do you just like doing? Because you'll do that, and you will be consistent at it. And even if the fish aren't there in in the same volume, 
you'll catch the ones because you'll have better bait. I, I don't know if this analogy stretches this way, but uh, oh, it totally works. Trust me, I'm okay. following. <laughs> I'm a, or at least I am. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I uh, yeah, I I I have I've had that habit of creating uh, these types of parallels and then getting lost in the middle of them. But uh, yeah, so if you love Instagram, right? If it's just like intuitive to you and it's just what you do and you're and it's your culture and you get it, you you know. Um, just by your gut, what's a good post and what's a bad post because you consume so much of it and you have a, a taste. Well, I'm going to tell you it's going to be pretty effortless for you to do it, and therefore you will do it, and it will be consistent, and there's value there. Even if you were to discern that you know your clientele isn't necessarily uh, you know an Instagram-first clientele, which for some industries, I would say that there's, this is the case. For weddings, I would say you're, actually they're there too, so you're fine. Yeah. Um, my friends, the uh, Carbodies, they they get a lot of lead generation, lead generation from Instagram, and they are extremely high end, and they deal with clientele that uh, that are you know uh, captains of industry, right? So you'd say mm. like, well, in that instance, like, like what Instagram really? You know, and they're like, well, yeah, like they I get leads from somebody who says you know, they see uh, a picture of me doing like jujitsu. And they said that they wanted to do like a collaboration. Like they got a lead from Nike uh, from them doing that because they wanted to do some design work uh, for them. And they, they wanted somebody that understood like athleticism. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. Like Nike found your Instagram. They're like, yeah, through some, you know, uh, experiential marketing uh, agency that works with them. And I'm like, that's mm. nuts. So it's just because they, they it was effortless for them. They love it. It's really who they are. And the bait was really good. You know, like it was mm -hmm. like. Ooh, like that's cool, even though it has nothing to do with me. Uh, and those two things, you know, if you balance the stuff you love doing and the things that are really natural to you with the things that you know you need to do, mm -hmm. everything outside of that, you should probably just cut. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Well, and, uh, and I like what you're saying there because you're talking about it creating multiple points of synergy to, to really juice up that bait. I mean, I, we got to stick with the fish analogy because it's so good. And we've, we've come so far with it, we can't drop it now. I um, agree. I, mean, I don't know how many other, how many other you know, different ways you can go. You can have farm fish or uh, free range. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Just, I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm word mapping, uh, and I have no lines to draw to yet. But uh, It's okay. That's all yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It, like they were the ones that really changed my mind on that because I, I did a I did a presentation that they were at and I was like oh these guys are uh, you know uh, they're on Instagram and they love doing it but I'm like you know what I think they just love doing it I don't think it even has any commercial value to them they were in the audience and they were like no we get tons of leads from Instagram I'm like are you serious because like the data says you shouldn't based on the clients that you have right. yeah you know and they were like well yeah but you know we, we, we do it every day like without fail and mm -hmm. it's not hard. Like it, it just we do it, and I'm like, oh well. The difference is the discipline that it required to be able to to produce the quality, a lot the content at that quality for them is less discipline. Therefore, the barrier isn't there, and they do it. I'm like, oh, so mm. it, it, especially when it comes in the world of like solopreneurs, it mm. really comes down to like if I were to say, look, because I've been a marketing director for firms before, and I, I'm on everything because that's my job. You know, I create optimal content on all platforms to create multi-channel uh, synergistic marketing collateral, right? And that's what I did for 50 hours a week. I just created marketing content for uh, a number of businesses uh, mm -hmm. that I worked. I worked for one business that owned like four other event businesses, and that's what I did. And 
I would say for a solopreneur, you, you can't spend 40 hours doing social media. like that's, There's no way. It's bonkers, right? If you get right. two, that's a great week, right? Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, what can you do at a A to A-plus level, uh, and what's the frequency you can do that at? And if you think you could do more, but you'd have to drop down to B-plus, don't. Do mm-hmm. less A-plus. So definitely quality over quantity in that case. Yeah, it's it's a real difference because – Especially on Instagram specifically. I know I, I talk about this with the most, but for wedding industry, it's so important. It is huge. Oy. Posts are found a year later. Mm-hmm. And through, through discover, you know, the hashtags, uh, inherent discoverability uh, possibilities. And because of that, if someone's finding your content from a year ago, you know, that, that is potentially evergreen content. And therefore, mm-hmm. if, it's, if they're finding you, discovering you a year ago, and it's B+, why did you care if you did five that week or four? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it makes the, total I, sense. I really appreciate you saying that, too, because I don't know if um, you guys will all agree, but I feel like there's this pressure in this industry in Toledo to post a couple times a day or something. You know, like, you see a photographer post, and Lindsay's like, oh, I got to post now, and... I can tell you the numbers. I can tell you the numbers are optimal engagement. I I absolutely can. And in fact, I know my engagement potentially suffers as far as a metric. When I worked for other companies and my job was just to produce uh, a one sheet executive review for my marketing work that that month, I, I, I didn't control the entire ball of wax. I would say, here's the impressions I got and here's the engagement. I get to keep my job. Now, I care about conversion that's all i care about yeah all i care about is do you want to work with me or not mm-hmm. so for me it's 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 so much more about quality when i know that my numbers quote unquote would suffer as far as the engagement volume mm-hmm. i could get more impressions but impressions are one of the most meaningless metrics that have ever been conceived oh like, i so agree such a meaningless metric. The next metric that is fairly meaningless after that is follower count. Even though I mentioned it earlier, just as a <laughs> just a point of reference to like say that like also mm-hmm. those are games. Like th- those accounts that I mentioned, like they're they're games. Like they're they're mm-hmm. for me to show people that I can get whatever numbers I want mm-hmm. and and earn those people. Like they're they're not bought because what's the purpose of that? Like right. they're they're just they're they've been experiments on different games that I could show. On, on moving that vanity metric. But it do, I've never had a conversion off of the Cleveland photos because, well, there's nothing to convert. You can't buy anything from me. So it's really simple for you to follow me and for get me to get you to follow you because the, the guard's way down. I got nothing to sell. When you get someone, and there's no trust involved. It's just constant awareness. That's easy. It's a very easy game. So think less about what are your big vanity metrics? Oh, my neighbor has, or you know, competitor or whatever has these numbers or that number. Don't worry about that. All it worries about is did you get somebody to pick up the phone? Did you have a deeper connection with someone because of that? Because your your mortgage is paid through conversion. It's not paid through how many follower counts. Like my none of my bills care about how many followers I have. I can assure you. <laughs> they haven't uh, added that in yet to the electric bill. That's not I, part. I I wish. Trust me. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago, you know, with the promise of I don't know if you're familiar with clout, but oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God, clout. Clout. Uh, wow. And for those who don't know, it was a, uh, it was a, it still is, I guess, it still exists. Uh, it's a, a measure, uh, an algorithmic measure of uh, social media 
uh, engagement. So it mm-hmm. takes all your platforms and it shows them when you put something out, do people care? You know, do they engage with it? Do they like it? Do they? And that's, you know what, that's a good, you know, dashboard number, right? You look at it and you mm-hmm. go, oh, people, you know, it's dipping down, it's dipping low. Years ago when I managed so many different accounts and actually did the marketing, I used it as a, oh, I'm not giving this brand enough love. Um, but oh, yeah. I, but people, there was a point of that business where it was supposed to be about, I come into a restaurant and they know I'm a 73 you know, clout and they, they offer me things that are better than a, and a 32. It was like black people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that was its promise is that, is that oh, people with, with more, uh, you know, like essentially influencers would be treated, treated better as human beings. And yeah. I was, I was on board with that because, you know, I could game mm. the system, but uh, <laughs> I mean, from a human standpoint, it's bad news, but from sure. a, from a, from a person who understands how to game systems, I was like, oh, that, that's great. Yeah. Um, I remember um, people be, put their cloud score in their email signature and all sorts oh, of crazy stuff like that. The best. When was this? Like, I completely missed this whole the, cloud yes, thing. Was right about 10 years ago? Yeah. Wow. It's when it, it, it kicked off. In fact, I, I was kind of an early adopter and uh, I, I talked about it a lot because I was at that point I was talking about engagement as the metric as opposed to followers and uh, everything else. So like that was what I was talking about was like, hey, this is a measure of engagement. This actually matters versus, um, you know, how many followers you have, which was an early uh, speaking platform of mine. And uh, so I was a proponent of it. In fact, they did this like thing like they blogged about me on clout and I got like a bunch of stuff from them and, you know, whatever. It was fun. But they, I don't, I don't know, the promise of what they did actually just never really revealed itself until, again, there's a scary Black Mirror episode if you ever want to watch. Uh, oh, about, oh about man, that one gave me so much anxiety. I, I, I literally watched the dumb comedy afterwards so I could just like wash it out of my brain. Yeah, yeah. that was, 30, 30 Rock from the Sun immediately after that. I was like, let's <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that Black Mirror in general gives me the heebie-jeebies. Just, yeah. well, yeah. Because it's, it's all there. It's all, it's all possible. Oh, and then, yeah. My existential crisis after watching that was, oh, I contribute to this. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm one of the baddies. This is not good. Uh, yeah. So I had to like really, you know, reevaluate. I, I do like a lot of uh, presentations on the concept of social media generosity as a uh, really the most powerful strategy you could possibly have, specifically in the live events world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were to like close with anything, I would say that every one of your posts that talks about one of the, the events that you achieved, realize every single time that you cannot create an event in, by yourself. It's not possible. No event has ever been done by one person. And you need to bring everybody up with you and uh, really create your own or be part of a community uh, because you're a lot stronger with everyone on the, you know being raised up at the same time. Yeah, rising tide lifts all ships. Indeed. Cool. Well, really cool. Um, I definitely appreciate this information too, especially um, Nick. I know we've briefly talked a little bit here and there, but I'm only three months into my business. So thank you. Thank you. I totally appreciate it. And just hearing what you're saying, um, you know, I like to try and tell myself, oh, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. But at the same time, I do love feedback. So, you know, this information was almost like a validation to me, like, hey, you might not really think that you know what you're doing when you're doing it, but you do have that system down. You do have it in place. And what you're doing is, again, something that everyone else is recommending. Um, I know that's kind of a backwards way of saying it, but I know you've engaged with a lot of my posts on Instagram. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if, 
you know, this was obviously before the podcast too. So I'm like, okay, so I must be doing something right because my background sales and marketing as well. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a humbling moment that, oh, Nick, he, this is what he does for a living uh, and he's, he knows what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I live on the grid uh, as far as uh, consumption. I, I'm a sponge. So I yes. love, I love, you know, any content that is about uh, live experiences, you know, I'm on board and I'm trying to enrich myself because I am someone who absolutely doesn't have all of the answers. In fact, I have only a smidgen. Uh, I, I, I look at everything through this peephole. I mean, the the best skill set that I bring to my clients potentially is that I was in a, uh, I was a dishwasher. I was a captain. I worked in event entertainment. I worked in audiovisual. I worked as catering sales. Like I've done a lot of, but all within the events industry. And it's all like, it's all my life. And it's, it's not just, I have this one skill. It's that I bring my perspective that only I have. And if you're competing against somebody that's been in the in the industry for 20 years, they still can never have your experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing you always have them up on. And the better you get at making those experiences service your clients, um, the, the, the way that you can differentiate yourself and compete against people that have done it for a long time. And look, they have an advantage because they have a lot of experience. But the thing that you can you know blow past them potentially with, you could just be endlessly hungry. Because mm-hmm. people with a lot of experience, they, they just so frequently, their problem is they plateau. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great information. And I'm sitting here making signs and signals to the time because <laughs> you and I will definitely have to talk again after this. But I feel like our lives are very similar or that we are the same person in a weird in the weirdest way. Everything you're yeah. saying, I'm like, wait, no, that's that's my life. Oh, nope, that too. OK. <laughs> I really wish that you guys could see Courtney's face because the entire time you're talking, she is she's doing calisthenics over here. She's like, oh, it's me. It's me. Oh, my God. It's Oh, I mean, I'm, I I'm having a hard time not busting up every time she does that. It, yeah, so. it's, it's you can make like, those, you can make those connections as long as you're real and as long as you show some sort of vulnerability and humility. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you don't, you know, because I I know a lot of people that are you know these veteran, stalwart industry, you know, giant type people, and they're cool. You know, like you, you as long as you like, if I, I have always been able to like not get intimidated by anyone because i just see everyone as just people and that's why it doesn't matter who you are i'll give you my attention um it's it's interesting to see the people that miss out on life and and collaborations and opportunities because they aren't vulnerable and they don't give enough of themselves Mm -hmm. yeah I, i love i love that being vulnerable being open to learning all the time one of the the greatest things uh you know Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, oh, yeah. seek first to understand. And then one of the things I live my life by is you don't know what you don't know. So always just be be drinking it in. So, man, I love hearing you say that. That is, oh, that's my heart. It's right there. <laughs> I just I just went through a uh, uh, crisis uh, communications uh, role play uh, afternoon where it was about uh, a live event. It was actually about a uh, exhibition uh, experience where we went through something that happened every uh, every five or ten minutes in a collaborative setting where uh, we had to um, a crisis would happen um, you know a you know a role play crisis would happen and we as event mm-hmm. organizers had to, uh, to to create an action plan 
Wow. And his his number one advice always was you you don't know what you don't know. So don't mm-hmm. act on things that you don't know. It yeah. was it was pretty fascinating, but it, that that lesson at least hammered home recently to me because I've been fairly focused on gaining a, an area of knowledge in which I I don't offer to my clients because I don't think I'm educated enough, mm-hmm. but I would love to be an asset, which is uh, crisis communication in the midst of live events. I mean, so oh. I can can help you, you know, get more people there. But what mm-hmm. happens when those same channels you you own those same channels and I don't know, like as as extreme as a live shooter, as as uh, soft soft targets have become, because mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of exhibition clients, uh, conference yeah. clients, uh, or as uh, potentially uh, uh, available as like a health breakout or crisis, um, you, you you those same channels I've informed people how to use as far as attraction. Um, have a communications outlet, obviously, which I, I talk a lot about in, in the midst of live events, you know, for communicating, you know, where's the bathroom and uh, this is the next function and go here at this time and the, you know, the, the fashion shows at noon. But the, yeah. uh, the community, the crisis communication part, like I know I have, a, I have, a, I have a significant deficit in knowledge in that area. And I'm, you know, a, a person that, that, that goes out in the world and tells people that I know stuff, but I don't know that. And I'm cool mm-hmm. with telling people, you know, I, 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 but I'm, but I'm not satisfied in not knowing, you know, knowing as much as I do now. Like I, I I'm fairly confident in the next, you know, year to two years that I will put in a fair amount of work before I even attempt to offer that as even a, you know, a voice. Um, so it's just, you know, know what you know and know what you don't, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Cool. Okay. Well, I think we're, I know we've, we've taken up a lot of your time this afternoon and we're incredibly grateful for you being willing to, to come out and talk to us. Did you, did you guys have any questions for Nick before we let him off the hook? Continuing with the fishing analogy. Hashtag dad joke. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah. All my jokes are dad jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, anything? Um, can we just go back to the captain comment as in the captain of like a boat? You were oh. a captain? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did anyone else pick up on that, or was that just me? <laughs> We're kind of, but uh, no, uh, it. Uh, I, I was using uh, 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 service and hospitality terminology. So, uh, you know, like gotcha. a. Okay. No, Sam, I was totally on board with you. Courtney's just sitting over here nodding. I'm thinking, he was a boat captain? That's amazing. Oh, yeah, see, again. So, Nick, we just I, have so many similar experiences. I I'm totally just, just understood I'm, what you said. Imagine you with like a blazer <laughs> and the cool white hat. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I worked incrementally up through uh, the like uh, catering and hospitality industry mm-hmm. uh, to the like I literally took the, the longest way you could get there. Like I started as a dishwasher at age 14 and was an expo person after that to uh, like a, an assisting a server to a server to a, a service captain. Uh, I was a banquet captain, a uh, a restaurant manager, a catering manager. I got into event logistics, then event sales, then event marketing. That was wow. like oh my such <laughs> such an incremental, like tiny baby steps each way. Um, but and then I, and then I got like I exponentially grew once I started working on like uh, events on an, on a national and international level. Mm-hmm. But it was it was hard fought. So I'm a I'm a hard knock school guy, you know, I, uh, <laughs> but I can Man. say I've worked at a hotel, so I have 
the employees that started like you started versus the ones that just walked in and were handed something were yeah. 10 times better. I mean, they just, cause they did the work, they did the effort and mm-hmm. you know, you get farther, I think going that way. So kudos to you. That's awesome. I mean, it, if, if you can do your job well enough that you can do a little bit of the job uh, above you, that's the person that you raise up, you know? So if you can identify yeah. that they can handle all of their business and are trying to handle business beyond what's required of them, that's the people. So that was always like my methodology was I want to, I want to absolutely nail my job to a, down to a science. Then I want to start taking some responsibilities away from the person above me in order to be recognized as someone who's capable of taking that on. And then just did that until I figured out a, a whole weird life that I have now. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's wash, amazing. Rinse, repeat. Well, I yeah. think the, the best part about it too is that when you've got to the point now where you're at, you know the business the whole way down. So, you know, I mean, you know I where every nut and bolt goes. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I, I do consider smaller stuff um, in a way that um, some of the, my peers don't only because I had to like fight tooth and nail for some things. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I've also had to like, uh, while I was in the muck, you know, I wasn't reading the academic books I think that some of my peers had. So I also yeah. had to, you know, basically do my version of night school of mm-hmm. uh, getting myself up on, on certain on certain principles. But, uh, it, you know, whatever. It, it's a, an overnight success that took 21 years. Uh, <laughs> and now I get to do really cool different stuff, which is really my metric for, you know, working with somebody. Like I, I just got done working with a company called Bridal Buddy. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm-mm, no, so interesting. So it's 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 so unlike anything I've ever worked on. Because generally speaking, I work on either uh, event marketing or uh, those who provide uh, services for live events. I mm. think I know what it is. Is it what the is- the thing that goes under the dress? Yep. Yeah. Oh I know what my gosh! Is. Yes, I didn't know if that's what it was. Yep. Wow. Absolutely. That's oh, like a trucker buddy. So uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Although <laughs> the right, it is it is bathroom uh, uh, oriented, so uh, it's uh, it's a slip, and you wear it where you uh, it, it uh, pull up your entire uh, dress and bunch it in, put your arms oh, through, go to, go to the bathroom okay. by yourself like a, an adult, and <laughs> it's like it's like a no no duh like thing, like all great inventions where you're like yeah like why wouldn't everybody have this? You know what I mean? Right. Like it was just like. Why would you invite other people to come to the bathroom with you, you know, like on that day of all days, right? You know, with it. <laughs> so right. it was just like, so, anyways, she made it on Shark Tank. She got funded uh, some really cool stuff over the last year and uh, just some really, uh, and she's got a lot of really cool collateral and content coming out now, too. So um, you never know. I, I was just like, um, not really my bailiwick. However, uh, I could do no harm. That's a big part of like my my thing is if I know that I, every I know I could absolutely add to this no problem, and I yeah. you know charge accordingly. And then I looked at it and said, you know, this I will I will do the R and D on product marketing enough. So I actually uh, hired about five other people to work uh, as uh, under me to inform my strategies. Um, who are more in the product-focused world and affiliate sales world. And, uh, you know, in order to... And I gain knowledge from them as well, obviously, in the process. But, um, you know, it's it, it's got to be fun, right? It's it, Otherwise, like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. 
Cool, and thank you guys for clarifying that a bridal buddy is different than a trucker's buddy. I'm, <laughs> I, don't, see, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, yes, and now I know. And now it's everybody, genius. I, honestly, <laughs> if, I was, if I was a wedding planner, I would buy those and give them to my uh, clients. Uh, and, you know, I'm transparent, you know, like I, you know, I've already worked with her. So, you know, my bias is there, but mm-hmm. the, uh, it's like, it's such a, like a unique thing that would be like, if I was, ex- if I like worked with a, a brought a planner and, mm-hmm. and they signed and they gave me that, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I never knew about that. You're already thinking about me and you're already like helping me, uh, in a way, you know, to get over things that I don't want to have to deal with. Like, and, and it's unique, like no one else is going to buy that for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. <laughs> and you need it. Like I, as a wedding coordinator, I don't know how many times I've been in a bathroom stuffed oh. with four other girls in a stall. It's just, yep. Oh, gotta love Shark Tank. Gosh. Yep. I know. I love Shark Tank. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, um, so Lindsay, did you have any last questions for Nick before we let him go? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any right now. Thank you so much. This was so helpful. No worries. Uh, I'm extremely accessible some would say too much online if anybody <laughs> wants to find me uh it's just my name you can google it a million different ways it's my name on uh b-o-r-e-l-l-i on instagram twitter facebook all of the all of the webs uh website is just my name email is just my name it's it's simple cool awesome nick uh, well we're really grateful that that courtney got a hold of you yeah that's fun you guys are uh guys are doing something that's adding value to your community so i'm on board with anyone doing that yeah well, thank absolutely. you absolutely yeah so nick thank you for being here and everything um we really appreciate it and we're looking forward to um sharing this with everybody else and spreading the wealth so thank you for being willing to do this and again very helpful information so that was our interview with nick you know he really brought a lot of value to the table so i hope that you were able to take away a few ideas that'll help you in your own marketing Once again, thank you for listening. We know that there's a lot of podcasts out there, and we're glad you chose to spend your time with us. Next week will be a mini-episode featuring one of our horror stories. And then, as we head into engagement season, the following week we'll have a full episode featuring our best insights and tips for creating a proposal that your fiancé will remember forever. So stay tuned for all of that and more. Once again, I'm Atan Smeltzer with Weddings for the Ages. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm Courtney Shale with Lifestyle Courtney Noel. You could also find me on Facebook and Instagram or check out my personal website at CourtneyShale.com. This is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me online using the tag Lucky Bird Photo. And last but not least, Samantha Bean from Toledo Wedding Guide. You can find us on ToledoWeddingGuide.com, Facebook, and Instagram. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any questions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at youridocrew at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And here's some love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.